the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. President Biden calls congressional approval of his trillion-dollar infrastructure bill a monumental step forward for the nation. But Texas Republican Congressman Michael Burgess calls it irresponsible spending. And yet we find ourselves here tonight with this behemoth of a bill that's going to spend our children's and children's children's inheritance as far as the eye can see. The vote was 228 to 206, and the bill now heads to the president's desk for his signature. After calling it garbage earlier this week, President Biden now says families of children separated from their parents at the U.S.-Mexico border during the Trump administration should be compensated. He was responding to a question about settlement talks underway between his Department of Justice and the affected families. This is SRN News. They are the culture warriors fighting the good fight to save America. Nominated by Salem listeners who want to honor them for all they're doing to make America great. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Mike Lindell, founder of MyPillow. Jason Whitlock, columnist, podcaster, and digital TV host. Dr. Jerry Davis, president of the College of the Ozarks. Molly Hemingway, author, columnist, and political commentator. Glenn Youngkin, newly elected governor of Virginia. Go to our website and click on the banner to vote for Salem's Culture Warrior of the Year. AM1280thepatriot.com. Hey, I'm 1280 The Patriot. My name is Gabe. Thanks for hanging out today. Sunny and a high of 66. Then tomorrow, mostly sunny, high of 65. Introducing SalemNewsChannel.com. Watch your favorite hosts like Dennis Prager and Larry Elder on the channel that believes freedom of speech and religion are fundamental to what we do. We put truth ahead of agenda and won't be bullied by big tech at SalemNewsChannel.com. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that says... Let's make talk radio great again. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, the show that was supporting Brandon before it was cool. Speaking of which, the town of Brandon, Minnesota, has a a funny person in it, uh, someone who stenciled out a quick uh, let's go and tacked it on top of the Brandon Population 489 highway sign on the edge of the road up in uh, Senate District 12, way up in, uh, I I don't even know where Brandon is. I've been through it before. I, I swear, I've been through Brandon before, like I've been through a lot of towns in rural Minnesota in this last 10 years. But I don't know where it's at. But I'd like to know, because someone in town has a sense of humor. They changed the name of the town to, let's go, Brandon. And this is awesome. Well, okay. I mean, some of the usual uh, pants-wetting crowd, can I say that on Salem Station? I guess I just did, is is having the proverbial cow about it. I, over this last week or so, you've had the usual progressive suspects say, well, 
it's not respectful to the president uh, to, to be saying something like to, to be indulging this sort of profanity, leaving aside the fact that let's go. Brandon is just a way of of, of sort of uh, what am I trying to say, uh, covering up some profanity and having a little fun with it to boot. Uh, the same people who were who are saying, well, that's actually not very respectful of the president now are the same people who are going, I don't, yeah, of course, Donald Trump is literally Hitler at best or that Mitt Romney is literally Hitler or John McCain and Sarah Palin were literally Hitler and Hitlerette or or that W was literally well, you get the, the impression they're not very creative. I mean, for the, the party of the creative class, they're just not all that terribly creative. These are the people, by the way, who were cheering when Rush Limbaugh died and when Tony Snow died and when Antonin Scalia died. Again, you're, you're getting kind of the, a, a sense of the mental state of the modern American left, cheering at people's deaths and calling them Hitler. That's pretty much the two tricks they have. So people going, let's go, Brandon. I mean, it's not respectful, truly. But it's a much more innocuous way of expressing one's disrespect and saying, I don't know, what, 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 what would a progressive say? Oh, yeah, Biden is literally Hitler. Let's bash Biden. By the way, what was his family's name back in the old country? I, I just remember that when John Oliver thought he was under the scoop of the decade when he said Donald Trump's family name back in, in, in lower, Silesia, uh, lower, uh, lower Frisia in Germany was Trump. Which, for those of you who are not native speakers of English, is a is a combination of letters that sounds kind of funny, kind of comical, kind of kind of flatulent in English, uh, but is a perfectly normal name. It's like it's like it's it's like dunking on someone for having the name uh, Starkey in America. I mean, it may sound funny in someone else's language, but nobody would care here, and literally, no one cares in Germany. The name Drumpf, no one cares. It's a name. Like Smith or Jones, Starkey, Walzakowski. No one cares. Anyway, this is this is the American left in action. Anyway, the town. Let's go, Brandon. Carrying out a mostly peaceful protest against the modern state of society by changing its name. Well, unofficially and really honestly, just by posting a sign, call it printed graffiti, uh, changing the name of the town at least in one photo to "Let's go, Brandon." It's glorious here, folks. And those of you, those of you who on the left. Who are tut tutting about this now? Uh, tut tutting about the whole "Let's Go Brandon" uh, craze that swept the nation. Which, by the way, NASCAR came out and condemned, or at least distanced itself from today, which is just deeply, deeply stupid. Uh, in my humble opinion, not what would I know? Uh, it's this. I mean, consider this: saying "Let's Go Brandon" as a way of saying we're not really thrilled with your performance, Mister President, is so much more productive than. Well, what did we have during the previous administration? I don't know. People shooting up the Republican House Republican softball team. Mostly peaceful protests that caused two billion dollars worth of damage. I, I'll I'll take a satirical little chant every time when it comes to that. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. The number to call. Let's go to St. Paul. Bob, you're on the Northern Alliance radio. Yeah, I don't know if you remembered to mention, of course, Robert De Niro who always opened every one of his speeches at an awards uh, show with the usual bleep Trump. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. And yes, absolutely. Boy, that was pretty respectful of the president, wasn't it, Bob? 
Oh, yeah. Um, I'm just, in, it'd be rather interesting the next time De Niro gives a speech if everybody kind of yells at him, let's go Brandon. You know, I don't think people who are subject to yelling that kind of thing are going to get invited to any of the places where Robert De Niro speaks, but it's sure fun to think about. Uh, and you've, you've heard it from some of the darndest places lately. There's rumor that we, uh, a sheriff's deputy, I'm not going to say what county, because the Karens will be out there looking to uh, get their, uh, I mean, there was a rumor last week that a Southwest Airlines pilot uh, said on landing, so uh, welcome to such and such airport, let's go, Brandon. Uh, and there was a furor on the left, the, the, the left, the Karens on the left who were, were saying <clears throat> bleep Trump a year ago uh, and happily doing it. Uh, we're saying, huh, this person should be fired. I want to trust my life to someone who chants that kind of thing, as if that has anything to do, as if someone's politics has anything to do with what kind of pilot they are. I mean, I don't care if their their life, I don't care if they voted for Alondra Khanna as long as they get the plane up and down and in the right airport. Well, leftists are not like that. They They need to have absolute ideological conformity, even if you're bringing them coffee, for the love of Pete. But it turns out that it, we're not really sure whether the pilot was saying, let's go, Brandon, or welcome to Atlanta, because, well, you know, pilots, they train as they should to fly planes, not to enunciate on microphones. I can enunciate onto a microphone just fine. And if I say, welcome to Atlanta, or if I say, let's go, Brandon, you'll know what I'm saying. Rest assured. Now, can I fly a plane? Well, I know what the big wheel and the little pedals and the throttles do. Other than that, no, no, I can't. No, I can't. 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join us. One of the big stories this past week that I feel compelled to comment on is the trial going on in uh, Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin, for Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, 17-year-old at the time, now 18-year-old young man who is uh, being charged with a, a variety of crimes, reckless endangerment, first-degree murder, and uh, carrying a gun while underage, uh, which would seem to be the only open and shut uh, of, the th- of, of the case here. Now, I have been seeing a lot of, how do I put this, intensely misinformed opinion on this case. And as usual, when it comes to intense misinformation, most of it's on the left. There's a lot of people out there who think, that, uh, that, that, for example, that's illegal. I, yeah, you, you, you look at some of the social media threads on the Rittenhouse trial. The few social media threads you find, because, of course, any opinion in favor of Rittenhouse is a good chance of being censored by the social media giants because they don't want support for divisive figures getting out on their social media platforms. I did, in fact, post a, a thread on Facebook this morning on my views on the Rittenhouse trial. I got an excellent uh, discussion of that going. We learned a whole bunch. A couple uh, of uh, fairly competent lawyers, uh, very competent lawyers, are, are friends of mine, and they contributed to the discussion. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is being tried uh, for murder uh, and reckless endangerment for wounding another uh, one of the three uh, people that he shot. He's alleging self-defense. As we've discussed on this program for well, like the last 15 years now, Self-defense just is an extreme simplification, as I was taught by all of my self-defense carry permit instruction teachers over the years, is a matter of showing four things, being able to demonstrate to the police at first, the prosecutors, and worse comes to worse, a jury, uh, the fact that you are not an aggressor, 
that, that you were not the person who initiated the confrontation, that, that means the actual confrontation, that you uh, were reasonably in fear of immediate death or great bodily harm, that you were uh, that that you made a reasonable effort to to disengage from the situation unless you're in your house in the state of Minnesota or unless you're any place you have a legal right to be in a stand your ground state, which Minnesota is not. Or uh, and by the way, that you only use proportional force, that you didn't go killing people after they were down and wounded. You just use the force that's needed to end the threat. And that's the way I was taught this. Now, as it turns out, I'm a little incorrect. The laws have morphed a bit, at least so I'm told over the years. Uh, in every state, uh, currently, it's the job of the state, in this case the district attorney, to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that one of these five elements of self-defense is not present when you claim self-defense. Number one, you've got to be innocent. Number two, it's you have to use proportional force. Number three, imminence. There has to be an imminent threat to you. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. It has to be reasonable, your self-defense, and you has to be uh, you have to try to avoid it. It's the defense's burden to produce some evidence of self-defense. It's the prosecution's burden to disprove at least one element of those five beyond a reasonable doubt. So, when looking at what happened in Kenosha and everything we know about it so far, and, and we we know exactly what has been shown at trial for sure so far, uh, we have to ask ourselves these questions. Was Kyle Rittenhouse the initial aggressor? If he was, did he fail to regain that innocence by constructively withdrawing from the fight? Was the threat to him of a deadly nature? And was the force against him of a type and or nature that would have been a good faith belief that he would have been killed or suffered some serious harm? Was that threat happening right now at the moment that Rittenhouse employed that force against his attacker? Or was it alternatively in the past or some speculative future that, that, that could be predicted? Yeah, I mean, You don't get to shoot someone and say, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. You don't get to shoot them now. If someone threatened you five years ago but didn't follow through on it, you don't get to cap them today. Okay. Was Rittenhouse's good faith belief that he was being threatened with deadly force reasonable? In other words, would a fair-minded and well-informed observer in that same situation with the same training and equipment have had the same good faith belief he was under threat of serious bodily injury or death? We'll come back to that in a moment here. Finally. Was there no easily accessible avenue of retreat that Rittenhouse could have used to escape in safety? By the way, apparently Wisconsin doesn't have a duty to retreat as such. That's uh, Although it's entirely possible a judge could instruct a jury it would be unreasonable to not retreat under the circumstances. And by the way, whatever the state's law, that's that's not a bad idea in any case. That being said, the burden is on the state to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that one of those five elements that we just discussed does not exist. In effect, there are five links of a chain. Any of the links is broken. The self-defense claim is a failure. And the defendant, in this case, Kyle Rittenhouse, will be found guilty. Now, let's come back and talk about some aspects of the trial that nearly everyone gets wrong. 651-289-4488, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back.
Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is Al Mombert. This Sunday morning on the World of Aviation, we're going to visit with Mike Silva, who was a Huey helicopter pilot during the Vietnam War, receiving the Bronze Star. Mike also was a KCNC Channel 4 chopper pilot for the newsroom. A few years back, Mike was honored when he assisted Denver law enforcement in the capture of a guy who had killed a police detective. And he's currently in the middle of restoring a Huey helicopter. Join us at 10.05 for this fascinating interview on the world of aviation here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options, so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMyThreeQuotes.com. That's the number three, GetMyThreeQuotes.com. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do Do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker. Now streaming AM 1280 The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's Play The Patriot Minneapolis. AM 1280 The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, Patriot Half-Off Deals Program can save you 50% or more on great products and services in the Twin Cities. So, right now, you can get half off on Champion Plumbing. Save 50% on a 40-gallon tall or short gas gravity water heater, plus valve and permit, the whole nine yards. Uh, go to am12athepatriot.com, click on the half-off deals icon, or just call 651-405-8800. That's 651-405-8800. That's the Patriot Half-Off Deals Program. Uh, the place getting you the deals you need in these trying and expensive times. So we're talking about the Darren, uh, the the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I should say, in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. The trial of the young man who is accused of murder and reckless endangerment uh, for shooting 
three people who were allegedly attacking him at a mostly peaceful riot in Kenosha last summer, a year ago, this past summer, a little over a year ago. He's being tried as an adult. Uh, he was 17 he, uh, when the, the shootings happened. He is being tried as an adult. As Ben Shapiro mentioned uh, on his broadcast yesterday in his coverage of the trial, this appears to all intents and purposes to be a political-based uh, prosecution. And if, he's, if Rittenhouse is found guilty, well, it's hard to predict what judges and juries will do. Uh, the cases that look to be fairly clear-cut can turn based on jury preferences or even the, the jury instructions given by the judge. We don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, but we do know a couple things. For starters, the, the, the facts that actually matter in the case are really, can the, can the prosecutor prove that any one of these things was the case? that Kyle Rittenhouse was the initial aggressor or that he didn't retain that innocence in the case by, by trying to get away. Was the threat to him deadly? Did the threat happen right now at that moment, not in the past or in the future? Was it his good faith belief that he was being threatened with deadly force? And by the way, uh, was that reasonable to believe that? And by the way, it is not the attacker's intent that matters. This is a key feature of self-defense. It is the reasonable belief on the part of the defendant that the use of lethal force was reasonable because the threat of death was immediate. You, you know, if someone is beating you with a head with, over the head with a baseball bat you, but doesn't want to kill you, that doesn't matter. Their intention doesn't matter if they're doing something to you that makes you reasonably believe you're going to die or be grievously hurt. It's, if someone does something to you, whatever their motivations that you can reasonably believe is an attempt to kill them, then it's it's on you. Sorry to say. That's why you have to observe some basic manners with people. Uh, and by the way, was the happen, was the threat immediate, and, and was that good faith belief uh, reasonable? And finally, did he reasonably try to get away uh, those are the things that matter in this case. By the way, some things that don't matter, things that you see a awful lot of people, especially on the left, but not exclusively, saying about this case. Things like, well, Rittenhouse crossed state lines. Yeah, good point. Crossing state lines is illegal. In the USSR in 1975, in America, not so much doesn't matter how old you are. You can cross state lines in this state. I go to Wisconsin at least once a month. It, it's not a felony, folks. What was the other one? Oh, yeah. Rittenhouse had no right to have a gun. Well, we'll find out because that's one of the tra uh, charges. In fact, you, you can't uh, be walking around with a gun in Wisconsin if you're under 18 unless you're out hunting. He was not. Uh, that's one of the trials. He's considered innocent until proven guilty. But here's the catch. That by itself doesn't affect his self-defense claim. Prosecution might try, but it's hypothetically possible, really, for a convicted felon with an illegal gun that he's not using in a threatening way, not provide if someone else meets the other criteria of self-defense, it's possible for a convicted felon with an illegally owned gun to shoot someone in perfectly legitimate self-defense, get acquitted for the shooting based on self-defense, but get convicted for having the gun. Not supposed to have the gun, but you still get to defend yourself. Here's another one. Well, the fact that he came all the way from Illinois is proof he wanted to fight. 
Well, no, it's not. Not by itself. Although the, the prosecution will try and portray it that way. It's worked for them in the past. For example, the 4th Precinct shooting back in uh, 2015 in Minneapolis. The shooter, Alan Scarcella, got convicted in large part, speculative here to some extent, but it's not bad speculation, uh, in large part because the some YouTube videos he made about going to the protest uh, rather than uh, the shooting itself. Lawyers can no doubt point to some more nuance on my approach to this case. Uh, long story short, it's probably not going to matter a whole lot. Another one that doesn't matter at all is, uh, and, and this is one that you hear from the right, well, the guys he shot had criminal records. Uh, the first guy, Rosenberg, had uh, just, in fact, been uh, the first the first person that uh, uh, against whom uh, Rittenhouse acted in alleged self-defense had just been released from a uh, hospital for a, a psychotic break that morning. Uh, we may come back on that. Now, Rittenhouse didn't know that. And if he didn't know it, it doesn't bear on the case in any way. That will become important in a moment here. But that's not a factor in the case. If there's no reasonable way, reasonable way Rittenhouse could have known this other than by their behavior, then it doesn't count. The behavior counts. And by the way, uh, some of the testimony that came out in trial this week about the behavior of all three of the people who were shot tends to redound to Rittenhouse's advantage, at least from this amateur's perspective. Uh, the other one, he had no right to be guarding the store that night. Well, that's not true. It may not have been legally or personally advisable. But here's newsflash, leftists. Demonstrations don't affect people's right to be somewhere. They have every legal right to be. At any rate, what did happen was this. We, we know that Rittenhouse actively retreated from all three, uh, both of the confrontations. I mean, the video we've all seen of him running from the, the two people that he eventually shot, killing one, wounding the other, he was running as fast as he could. He was making the most legitimate effort to disengage from a, a, from a confrontation I think I've ever seen when he was attacked by the, the, first, uh, the second two individuals, one who flashed a gun at him, uh, one who beat him with a skateboard, which is a deadly weapon, by the way. That's why the anti-fat thugs are carrying them around all the time these days because they're innocuous. They're things people have perfectly legitimate reasons to have with them, and yet they are a deadly weapon when you smack someone with them. There's been people who have been grievously injured by being smacked with skateboards that have been turned into clubs. As far from the first attacker, Rosenberg, the FBI, uh, the FBI's surveillance video, which apparently they have about everything in American life today, appears to confirm that Rosenberg was running as fast as he could from Rosenberg as well, which covers should cover any attempt to use lack of avoidance, failure to retreat as unreasonable. It means he could not have been the initial aggressor for the incidents, either of them. In each individual shooting, by the way, uh, Rittenhouse was facing a deadly force threat. There's no doubt about this. The first one, the attacker grabbed for his gun. And the fact that he shouldn't have had the gun doesn't bear on the case. You don't get to kill for someone for doing something they, they shouldn't have done. Rosenberg grabbed for the AR-15. The other three attackers variously kicked him in the head, hit him with the skateboard, threatened him with a gun all of which are deadly force attacks, none of which are things that you need to be able to read someone's mind about, all of which uh, were attacks that Rittenhouse could have had a good faith belief 
He was being threatened with deadly force, all of them. A fair-minded, informed observer would also believe it was a deadly force threat. So it's proportional and it's reasonable. Two, well, now three of those five factors that the defense needs to meet and that the prosecution must disprove. Finally, at every time Rittenhouse used deadly force, the threat he was counting was happening at the same time. He shot only when attacked. He did not shoot when he was not under immediate threat, which satisfies the element of imminence. In other words, it's a lethal attack right now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, right this second. I mean, if you look at the evidence, and and Ben Shapiro was talking about this on his show yesterday, if you look at the actual evidence, it's hard to find where there's any sort of reason to even charge him with a crime, much less convict him. The evidence that he actually committed a crime that wasn't covered by self-defense is thin to non-existent other than carrying a gun under age 18, which could get him a year in jail. Well, five hypothetically, probably not. For anyone who is not married to a result, who is not married to a narrative, it appears as it always has to be a clear case of self-defense for all three shootings. The video is out there for everyone to see. And it's, this is, by the way, not the impression you get of this case when you watch, say, metro area television news where you get the the parts that look bad for Rittenhouse. Uh, TV reporters aren't, as a general rule, experts on the law. Either am I, quite frankly. I just have to convince the state of Minnesota I I can be trusted to carry a firearm every five years and and thus know the the law well enough to not cause any serious problems. You look at the five factors that a defendant must meet and that the state must knock down, Rittenhouse meets them all. No way around it. I mean, that's why we're at—the state thinks it has a way around it. That's why we're at trial right now. Uh, more on this when we come back, because this this was a very interesting week. Uh, some 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 defense attorneys have been sounding off in this case, and uh, cross your fingers. I, I mean, I don't want to hear people getting killed for no good reason, but we have to uphold self-defense, folks. Northern Alliance, AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We're in this together. And we will get through this together. The vaccines are tested effective and needed. Welcome to the clinic with Charm. Get your COVID-19 vaccine so we can do this. And this. And this. We are now boarding flight. Together again. Because we got through it together. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust. Aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Warning. 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 Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. 
Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming the Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today. Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to talk local, Minnesota local. I was born and raised right here in Rosemont and have spent my entire life in Minnesota. I'm proud that we're a local family-owned company. It really frosts me when national glass companies based in other states and owned by a foreign conglomerate try to say they're local. Advantage Auto Glass has been local, Minnesota local for over 20 years. We'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives and we'll fix your chipped or cracked windshield right the first time. Advantage Auto Glass has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. If you call your agent or claims line first, make sure to tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass, your real local, Minnesota local installer, and no one else. Or you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. AM twelve eighty the Patriot the Northern Alliance Radio Network six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Hey, don't forget one week from tonight, my band Elephant in the Room is going to be playing over at the North Star Barn Grill on Payne Avenue at Case in St. Paul. Uh, great place, love the food there. Uh, inside the Metro, but the the food and drink prices aren't half bad anyway because it's Payne Avenue in St. Paul. Nice place. They got security there, by the way. Uh, we're Charge the cover this time. We don't do that often. $10 cover at the door to uh, check us out here. Uh, totally worth it. We, we like to think. And uh, we got a bunch of other gigs coming up here yet this year uh, between now and New Year's Day, literally New Year's Day. So hope you see you there. But uh, ideally, we check you out here this coming, uh, Thursday, uh, this coming uh, Saturday night, a week from tonight, at the North Star Bar and Grill, Payne Avenue at Case in St. Paul. It's three blocks north of Phelan Parkway on Payne. If you like to come in via Cayuga. Or just use GPS. Don't have to worry about my incoherent directions. 651-289-4488. Don't forget, Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And normally Jack Tomzak coming up in a half hour here at the top of the hour, 3 to 5, uh, the, the new guy episode of the Northern Alliance. But Walter Hudson's going to be in for Jack today, which is always a treat. Uh, one of my favorite uh, people to listen to on the radio, period, end of story, Walter Hudson, a guy who should be on the radio again uh, regularly, as opposed to filling in here. Uh, fingers crossed here, folks. And anyway, we're talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Uh, I wrote about this uh, at some length on Facebook today. I'll be writing about it at some more length on, on my blog at shotinthedark.info on Monday. And, of course, the piece on Facebook drew some attention from some actual lawyers, which I stress to inform you, I'm not. I'm not a lawyer. All My whole background in the subject is being a Second Amendment activist and having to take uh, carry permit training every five years where I have to prove that I'm not completely ignorant of the law. That's about it. 
Uh, that being said, I absorb, try to my best to learn and absorb what I hear from people who do know what they're talking about. Hey, we had a number of of lawyers sound off on my Facebook story today. Uh, lawyers and people who genuinely know what they're talking about. Many of whose positions I am I'm transmitting to you. Uh, Sean Sorrentino, by the way, wrote a good chunk of that uh, uh, great friend of this blog from, I believe, South Carolina, wrote a great summary of how self-defense law actually works. These days, things have updated since the first time I went through self-defense training. Uh, it's a good thing, generally speaking. Uh, as Ben Shapiro pointed out on the show uh, yesterday, uh, the some of the, the prosecutors, uh, prosecution witnesses, may not have given the prosecution the advantage they wanted to have. Shapiro ran down a couple. One of the one of one of the ones that was the, the the prosecution tried to bring evidence that one of the people that attacked Rittenhouse and was shot for their efforts, a fellow named Huber, uh was actually a hero because Huber was trying to interrupt a mass shooting. Uh apparently Huber's not there to speak for himself. Uh, Huber is a, a hero who who Went went to try and tackle a incipient mass shooter to interrupt a massacre, and himself died a, a hero in the process. Tried to bring evidence of of Huber's heroic. By the way, this is from a account by Andrew Branca, who's a defense a criminal defense expert who is writing at Legal Insurrection, one of the best blogs about well law anywhere in the business. Uh, state's position uh, was this evidence. Uh, this is, by the way, the county attorney talking. The evidence of Huber's <clears throat> heroic contact should be uh, conduct should be admissible because it would rebut the defense argument that Huber was the initial aggressor in his confrontation with Rittenhouse. The issue of initial aggressor, of course, is part and parcel of the uh, self-defense element of innocence. And without that, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's claim of self-defense. Uh, with respect to Huber, at least, collapses completely. Uh, Bronca writes, and I quote, that Huber was the initial aggressor is, of course, incontestably captured on video as he chased down the fleeing Rittenhouse, struck him twice with the heavy skateboard, and was fighting Kyle for control of his rifle when Rittenhouse fired the single round that killed him. Naturally, part of this claim of self-defense uh, to justify the shooting is indeed that Rittenhouse was not the initial aggressor, but rather that Huber was the initial aggressor. And certainly the defense would be unwilling to concede that Rittenhouse was the initial aggressor because that would lose the element of innocence with respect to Huber and invalidate the self-defense claim. So the state is arguing, and, and by the way, the state brought or tried to bring testimony that Huber was in fact inclined towards being a hero because when he was a young child, he brought. Uh, he he intervened in an episode where a house was about to explode, thus ostensibly saving a number of lives, which is a good thing as far as it goes. But it opens up the uh, the the possibility to bring up other evidence from Huber's past, which had been ruled inadmissible earlier. Specifically, uh, the defense knows of several criminal complaints against. Huber, when he was alive, in which he'd been credibly accused of, let's just say, not being very peaceful. In one complaint, he'd been charged with holding a large, this is, uh, this is Bronca uh, here again. In one complaint, he'd been charged with holding a large knife to the throat of his brother, and later also holding the knife to his brother's stomach and threatening to, and I quote, gut him like a pig, end quote, for failing to clean his room. Yeah. Uh, there was also a complaint in which he'd taken a plea to uh, a charge of strangling someone 
And in another instance, he had threatened to burn down his home with all of you <clears throat> people inside it. Ultimately, it's the deal, Judge. Uh, that's the deal that Judge Schrader offered in the case. If they wanted to have their witness, uh, Ms. Hughes uh, testified uh, to the child Huber saved family from uh, explosion incident. He'd allow it, but then all of the other violent behavior would become fair game, testimony-wise. Much more on the Rittenhouse case, as well as your calls when we return. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. The fun is just beginning. Don't forget uh, Walter Hudson joining us right after this. The fun literally not even half over yet. Be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. Got inflation? Not at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70% more at PJ's Appliance. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? by simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand-new scratch-and-dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand-new name-brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers and dishwashers from trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name-brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. At a time when misinformation is all too common on social media, we take great pride in bringing you the news that matters, that impacts your family, news you can trust. Local broadcast journalists bring you the facts, covering the stories breaking in our community and across the globe. Text RADIO to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on local journalism. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. 
Hey, don't forget the November Regnery Book of the Month is I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America by David Horowitz, explaining how Black Lives Matter has lied about 26 of the highest profile cases of police violence and racism. Read this hot take by signing up to win a copy daily at the Freedom Fan Club at am12athepatriot.com. Regnery Publishing, by the way, is a division of Salem Media Group. If we don't own all conservative media yet, we will soon. We are everywhere. Uh, that's, the, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, we're talking about the Rittenhouse case. And if you watch TV news, especially I was watching The Nine this morning and The Four last night, it, they, they portrayed the case as looking like it's an open-shut case against Rittenhouse. Uh, if you actually look at it from a lawyer's perspective, as Ben Shapiro did yesterday and as uh, Anthony Branca did on legal insurrection yesterday, it's not nearly so clear. Uh, quoting Branca here, quote, here I'm giving uh, regarding the uh, idea that Anthony Huber uh, was a hero uh, just trying to break up another mass shooting uh, as opposed to uh, a thug trying to kill someone who lifted a finger against the rioters who were mostly peaceful. Uh, I, I will quote Branca, quote, here I'm giving the state's argument the benefit of the doubt that Huber's motives were in fact good, which is obviously just mere speculation as there is no evidence of Huber's motives. Let's pretend that Huber had in his head that this attack on Kyle Rittenhouse was motivated by a good faith desire to stop an active shooter. That's got nothing to do with either way uh, any of the criminal charges against Rittenhouse or his legal defense of self-defense. Self-defense is evaluated from the perspective of the defender, period. If a defender is acting in otherwise lawful self-defense, he does not lose the privilege of self-defense simply because the person attacking him may be doing so in good faith or with good motives. Example, if you're at home and armed men kick in your door and you reasonably perceive that the intrusion is a felony home invasion, you can use deadly defensive force against those men in lawful self-defense. If it later turns out that those men were actually cops, mistakenly but in good faith, Serving a warrant on the wrong house? Your claim of self-defense remains intact so long as your perception of them as home invaders was a reasonable perception under the circumstances. Similarly, if two police officers, or armed citizens for that matter, separately respond to a school shooting with guns drawn and spotting each other, they mistakenly but reasonably believe the other is the active shooter and start shooting at each other, they each have the legal privilege to defend themselves against the other's attack. The fact that Joe is shooting at Frank in good faith, belief that Frank is an active shooter, does nothing to diminish Frank's privilege to use force to stop Joe's attack. Both men are acting in good faith in using force against the other, but both men also fully retain their privilege to defend themselves against the other's good faith attack. This is why lawyers make the big bucks for this stuff here, folks. Well, we'll talk more about the first attacker in just a moment here, but first let's go to the phones. Roseville, uh, Mike, uh, Rosemount, rather, Mike, you're on the Northern Alliance. Go right ahead. Thanks for taking my call, Mitch. Um, yeah, I was going to try to make three points and get your thoughts on it. Then I had three questions for you at the end there. But um, anybody, if they haven't taken it down yet, I watched countless hours of this whole uh, event that took place. And the first gentleman that was killed, there, there is actual footage of him chasing Kyle who, well, by the way, he's trained to use that gun, so I don't know what this gentleman was thinking. But 
there was also, I believe, a Daily Caller reporter that was there at the time Mr. Rosenbaum was shot. Yes. There were reports that as Kyle was running across that parking lot with Mr. Rosenbaum chasing him, the shots were heard and fired. Yep. And Mr. Rosenbaum was upon Kyle, and he turned and fired. And Kyle did call 911, and then he began to leave the area. And then as the mob turned on him, you can also see another video where they chase Kyle down the street, yep. push him and knock him to the ground. Mr. Huber, I don't, I don't know what kind of hero he is. There's footage of him taking his skateboard to bash in Mr. Rittenhouse's head. There's also footage of a gentleman with a Glock pistol in his hand, raising it towards Kyle to shoot Kyle. Yep. All so, of that. All of that is, by the way, and and uh, and we had uh, Ben Shapiro yesterday talking about that exact case. The Daily Caller reporter who uh, in, didn't exactly uh, didn't exactly come out and say that Rittenhouse was innocent, that it was a clear case of self-defense, but his observations didn't harm his case. In fact, there's a fair case that uh, that the state's witnesses yesterday, which were intended to impugn Rittenhouse, may have actually strengthened the case. That's Shapiro's uh, claim. That is uh, under, that's sort of between the lines of Anthony Bronca's claim in uh, at, in the at, at legal insurrection yesterday, and as he as he continues to cover this case, uh, by the way, exhaustively, I will post the link to his uh, article at shotinthedark.info when I get a moment here. This was, uh, it's yeah, we don't we don't know how this case is going to go, but uh, some of the uh, some of the opportunities that the uh, defense, or excuse me, rather that the state gave the defense were were there, and they were pretty. Pretty excellent for the defense, frankly. Now, there were uh, one other episode happened. There's the episode, uh, the first episode uh, where uh, Rosenberg was allegedly uh, chasing uh, Rittenhouse across the parking lot, uh, trying to attack him, threatening him, grabbing for the gun, which provoked the shot. Uh, We've been told since almost the beginning of this episode, almost immediately after the riot in Kenosha, which was mostly peaceful, uh, that uh, that that Rosenberg had a criminal record, a lengthy criminal record, and uh, a mental illness record as well. In fact, had just been released that morning from a hospital for some sort of mental illness episode, some sort of outbreak, uh, some sort of dissociative break of some sort. He, he had bipolar disorder, among many other things. One of the questions that came up in trial from the prosecution, again, this according to Andre Branca, Andrew Branca, rather, was whether uh, this is uh, a question directed at uh, Mr. Rosenberg's alleged, uh, alleged fiance uh, was had he had his meds that day? Now, the mental state isn't supposed to wasn't supposed to come up. It had been, again, disallowed by the judge. And yet the fiancé was asked questions about uh, about whether he'd taken his meds that day, which brings up a perfectly legitimate question as, okay, if, if one side is bringing up the, the mental state of the, of the deceased, that makes it fair game for the defense to bring up as well here. Now, there was a, a conference held uh, with just the, the witness, the former fiancé and the judge and the attorneys present, in which case, the at which time the fiancé, or ostensible fiancé uh, to have been, was uh, asked, well, what did you know about uh, 
your fiance's uh, mental state. And the evidence came out. She knew quite a bit, knew all of his meds, was his emergency contact, was intimately involved in handling his mental health care, knew basically everything. We don't know if the defense uh, actually uh, uh, the, the, the writer from uh, legal insurrection wasn't entirely sure that the defense was going to try and make as much hay as they should have about this. But it is a big engraved invitation to go and trash the defense's case that that there was absolutely no threat whatsoever from Mr. Rosenberg to Kyle Rittenhouse before the uh, before before the shooting happened. So that is all uh, coming up here uh, this coming week here. The uh, just 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 to point out here, just to reinforce what Ben Shapiro said yesterday and what a number of uh, other commentators in this case have said. There is so little evidence that Kyle Rittenhouse is wrong in this case, that it wasn't self-defense, that the self-defense, that the homicides that were committed weren't legitimate self-defense in the face of all the evidence we have. That the only real evidence that the, the, the county attorney in Kenosha County has is to, to have brought this as a, as a homicide case is because it's politically unacceptable not to. This is this is. Obviously, a high-profile case in Kenosha because these were riots based right after the uh, the Blake shooting, the shooting of a of a, a black man who survived in this case, thankfully, but uh, which triggered days of rioting, which led to, uh, by the way, mostly peaceful rioting, <laughs> which uh, w- w- of which rioting this particular shooting episode was uh, a direct part. He had to bring the charges. I mean, it's he's a progressive. He's a Democrat. He's uh, a part of the machine in Kenosha County. Of course, he brought charges. Uh, and it's and by the way, this is this is important for self defense cases because this is one of the things that you have to know if you plan on carrying a firearm with the potential for using it in self defense. Something that has been very much in people's minds this last year and a half in the wake of the rioting in Minneapolis, an awful lot of people uh, of all political persuasions, male, female, black, white, progressive, conservative, gunned up. I mean, the gun sales are still at a supercharged rate, down a little from their peak last year, but the peak last year was amazing. And try and find ammo, good luck. <laughs> Though this is, this, is, uh, this is an important case if you're into self-defense because this tells you, you are only, if should you, heaven forfend, have to use self-defense. You are only as safe as the district attorney's politics let you be. Really, there's four things to remember about this uh, th- about this case. Uh, first, if you're getting your info on this trial from TV news, you're officially completely misinformed. Newspapers, marginally better at best. Second thing, in most states, using force to defend property is legally dangerous, which drives me nuts because property is time from your life that has been made material. And we had a term in this society to describe taking the time from people's productive lives without compensation. We fought a civil war over it. And sacking someone's property as part of a riot is helping yourself to the part of their life that they spent buying it that they spent working on it in the case of a business, that they spent paying for it in the case of something that was financed, a car, for example. It should be defendable. 
But that's not the legal world we live in, at least not in Minnesota and Wisconsin and probably most of the United States. Another thing is TV talking heads are saying this case is going to have ramifications for self-defense nationwide. Now, I don't think so. The media is making this a big case because of its connections with the uh, mostly peaceful demonstrations and the presence of an ugly black rifle, which is the bete noir for the modern media. But it's pretty much a self-defense case like many others. It might not overly qualified opinion. And if Rittenhouse is acquitted, as the facts seem to show he should be, but it's a Kenosha jury. We'll never know. We'll find out soon enough. Uh, this case will disappear without a trace. And as my first carry permit training instructor, the late, great Joel Rosenberg, used to say, test cases are for other people. And he was right. And uh, this case, I think, is evidence of it. If Kyle Rittenhouse had not been downtown in Kenosha defending someone's property, the situation wouldn't have happened for better or worse. And again, that is maddening, the idea that we should have to defend our motivations for defending our society against the, the disorder and the collapse all around us. That's a terrible thing. And eventually, society, when protection against this is not forthcoming from our authorities, will find its own protection from from the, from disorder, and that is frequently a very ugly thing. Northern Alliance Radio Network, Walter Hudson in for Jack Tomzak. Up next, Brad Carlson tomorrow, 1 o'clock. King Banyan next Saturday, 9 a.m. See you then. God bless you all. God bless America. Has your pressure washer lost its power? Does your hose leak? Call American Pressure today at 763-521-4442 and let us know. We'd be glad to come out and get you running at peak performance, or you can bring your pressure washer to us. Make sure you protect yourself from downtime with a safely and correctly repaired pressure washer. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? Would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Then join Dale Tondrick for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Sundays at 11 a.m. Call Dale Tondrick now to get your complimentary customized retirement and income kit, plus the free retirement and income book at 844-320-7233. That's 844-320-SAFE. The Retirement and Income Radio Show, Sundays at 11. No market risk retirement strategies. Attention! The United States government has instituted a program to give qualified workers up to $3,148 a month. Do you or someone you know suffer from a medical condition that makes it difficult to work? Are you between the ages of 45 and 62? Are you seeing a medical professional for this condition? And have you worked for at least five of the last 10 years? If you answered yes to the questions, you may be eligible for up to $3,148 a month. Call the Disability Information Line now to see if you qualify at 800-811-1545. Get the benefits you deserve. Call the Disability Information Line now at 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify. The call is free and our agents are standing by. Call 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify for these government benefits. You've worked hard for these benefits. Don't let another day go by without receiving what you're entitled to. Call 800-811-1545 now. 
Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. Celebrating two decades on air. This is AM 12. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.